We turn this morning to the 12th chapter of Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. As is usually the case, Paul is trying to solve a problem in that faith community. We'll talk about the problem in a few minutes. But the lesson Paul teaches is an elegant reminder of what makes the local church different than any organization on earth. And when the church is working right, its potential is unlimited. So what's the secret to that kind of power? Listen to the words of Paul. Today's scripture reading is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. Here begins the reading. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same Spirit. There are different ways to serve the same Lord, and yet we can each do different things. Yet the same God works in all of us and helps us in everything we do. The Spirit has given each of us a special way of serving others. Some of us can speak with wisdom, while others can speak with knowledge, but these gifts come from the same Spirit. To others, the Spirit has given great faith, or the power to heal the sick, or the power to work mighty miracles. Some of us are prophets, and some of us recognize when God's Spirit is present. Others can speak different kinds of languages, and still others can tell what these languages mean. But it is the Spirit who does all this and decides which gifts to give each of us. Here ends the reading, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Twelve years ago, on a trip to Normandy with my friends, I saw an amazing exhibit, a 23-foot-long tapestry that has survived intact for more than nine centuries. It's the Bayou Tapestry. It tells the story of the Battle of Hastings in 1066. It is considered a rare example of secular Romanesque art. And as you move from the left end of the tapestry to the right end, you see the story of the battle playing out from the point of view of the conquering Normans. The colors are rich. The workmanship is extraordinary. There are captions running along the top of the tapestry explaining the scene below. The storytelling pulls you in. The details on the battlefield are so precise that they've caused historians to question some records of how particular heroes died. Maybe the records are wrong. Two years ago, French President Emmanuel Macron announced that the Bayou Tapestry was going to take a road trip, next year going to the British Museum in London. That will be the first time the tapestry has traveled outside France in 950 years. Amazing to think about a tapestry that old. In many ways, I think that the scripture that we have in front of us today is the tapestry the Apostle Paul weaves about what it means to be the church. He was an eyewitness, of course, to the early days of the church. In his letters, Paul describes what it's like when the church fully lives into its calling. And just like the Bayo tapestry, He describes a variety of skirmishes among leaders and certain issues that tear at the fabric of Christian community. Through it all, Paul speaks plainly. He consults, he encourages, he teaches, and occasionally he names the elephant in the room. 
the lesson in front of us today is at the heart and soul of what it means to be the church. It is about the call that is placed on every follower of Jesus, a call for us to serve others. I know it's hard to imagine, but certain people in that congregation in Corinth were competing with each other, claiming that they were an elite group whose spiritual abilities made them more valuable to God and more valuable to the lesser members of the congregation. Can you imagine? Not to worry. Paul, who is the patron saint of church consultants, knew exactly what to do. It was time for a remedial lesson in Christian Community 101. So what does he tell us? He explains that the Holy Spirit gives every follower of Jesus a special way of serving others. There are a variety of gifts, Paul says. Every gift is valuable to the life of the church. God has created a three-step plan. First, it is God who determines the gift and makes it available through the Holy Spirit. Second, every follower of Jesus receives a gift. And every gift must be shared. No gift more important than any other. Where the church is concerned, there are no all-stars and there are no spectators. Everyone has a part to play in the church. And when that happens, when every member of the faith community is sharing their gift, there is nothing the church can't do. I want to share with you a quote, a description of the church that has been inspiring me for at least 30 years now. It comes from Bill Heibel's book, Courageous Leadership. Listen to what he describes. There is nothing like the church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. It comforts the grieving and heals the broken in the context of community. It builds bridges to seekers and offers truth to the confused. It provides resources to those in need and opens its arms to the forgotten, the downtrodden, the disillusioned. It breaks the chains of addiction, frees the oppressed, offers belonging to the marginalized of this world. Whatever the capacity for human suffering, the church has a greater capacity for healing and wholeness. Still to this day, the potential of the local church is almost more than I can grasp. No other organization on earth is like the church. Nothing even comes close. The church that Hybels describes is the church where everyone shares their gift, everyone off the bench, everyone in the game when it comes to serving others. It's why the third phrase in our mission statement is all about service. I think the sequence of our mission is so important. First, we seek the sacred, gathering as a faith community every week to be renewed and reminded of what it means to follow Jesus. It's our time in worship that changes our hearts and makes it possible to commit to love, to commit to the kind of love for God and others that changes the world. And then, once we're filled up with that world-changing love, we are empowered to serve others. Seek the sacred, 
commit to love, empowered to serve. The mission of University Christian Church. Now here's the good part. You don't have to rush out from this service today thinking to yourself, I need a gift to share. I've got to find me a gift. I can say with absolute certainty that you already have one. It came at the time of your baptism. All Christians receive gifts. And that's the point that Paul is making in verse 7. The Spirit has given each of us a special way of serving others. Then Paul lists some of the gifts that might be given, but all of the commentaries agree at this point that this is just a partial list. Paul is just offering some examples from a much larger field of possibilities. Paul is making the point about the variety. The brilliance of God's plan is to distribute all kinds of gifts that come together like individual threads of a spectacular tapestry. And that tapestry isn't complete until everyone is serving. Here's an example. Think of the church friend you know who really is connected with God's word. You sit across the table from her at the coffee shop or just in conversation on the phone, and she's sharing with you a scripture that was part of her devotional for the morning, and it could be something you've heard a hundred times. But when she speaks it, you hear power that you never noticed before. She has that kind of gift for bringing scripture to life. That's a spiritual gift meant to serve others. The late Maya Angelou writes about her grandmother as someone with that same gift for making the Bible come alive. Listen to what she writes in her book, Wouldn't Take Nothing for the Journey Now. Many things continue to amaze me, even well into the sixth decade of my life. I'm startled or taken aback when people walk up to me and tell me they are Christians. My response is, already? It seems to me a lifelong endeavor to try to live the life of a Christian. One of my earliest memories of Mama, of my grandmother, is a glimpse of a tall, cinnamon-colored woman with a deep, soft voice standing thousands of feet up in the air on nothing visible. That incredible vision was a result of what my imagination would do each time Mama drew herself up to her full six feet, clasped her hands behind her, looked into a distant sky, and said, I will step out on the word of God. The Depression, which was difficult for everyone, was especially so for a single black woman in the South, tending her crippled son and two grandchildren. The Depression called Mama to make her statement of faith often. She would look up as if she could will herself into the heavens and tell her family in particular and the world in general, I will step out on the word of God. I will step out on the word of God. When Mama said that, immediately I could see her flung into space, moons at her feet, stars at her head, Comet swirling around her, 
Naturally, since Mama stood out on the word of God and Mama was over six feet tall, it wasn't difficult for me to have faith. I grew up knowing the word of God had power. Maya Angelou's Mama knew all about serving others by sharing her particular gift. You can even learn about serving others at Frog Camp this summer, I understand. As incoming students learn about serving, they're hearing a quote shared with them. Uh, It comes from Rachel Naomi Ream. And what she says is that there are three simple words that represent different ways we can look at life. The words are helping, fixing, and serving. She writes, when you help, you see life as weak. When you fix, you see life as broken. But when you serve, you see life as whole. Fixing and helping may be the work of the ego. Service is the work of the soul. I love that quote from Frog Camp. Quite often, the work of the soul calls on us to serve by standing up or speaking up on behalf of someone else. The late Fred Craddock, preacher, teacher, and master storyteller, loves to tell about a time when he was lecturing at the University of Winnipeg in the fall. His host told him not to pack a heavy coat. It was too early for cold weather. Just bring a windbreaker, he suggested. The next morning, when Fred looked out of his room in Winnipeg, there were there was two feet of snow on the ground. The lecture was canceled. The airport was closed. Fred was so hungry that he put on his thin windbreaker and made his way to a diner on the corner. The diner was packed and loud. And Fred says he found a seat for himself at the counter A man in a greasy apron informed him that all they had was soup. So Fred ordered the soup, and he remembers that it was gray, and it was inedible. It was awful. But at least it was warm, so he put his hands around the bowl and tried to warm himself up with what he described as his soup stove. I want you to hear Fred's words now because he describes how the Spirit empowers a group of strangers to serve someone in need. The door to the diner opened again, and the wind was icy, and somebody yelled, close the door. In came this woman clutching her little coat. She found a place not far from me. The greasy apron came. What do you want, he asked, and she said, a glass of water. He brought a glass of water, took out his tablet and said, now what do you have? And she said, just the water. Look, lady, I have customers that pay. What do you think this is, a church or something? Now what do you want? Just a glass of water and time to warm up, she said. Look, there are people paying here. If you're not going to order, you've got to leave. And he got real loud about it. So she got up to leave, and almost as if rehearsed, everyone in that little cafe stood up and started towards the door. 
I got up too, thinking to myself, I, I seem to be voting for something here, but I'm not quite sure what it is. About that time, the man in the greasy apron said, all right, all right, she can stay. Fred remembers that everyone returned to their seat, that the man in the greasy apron bought the woman a bowl of soup, and it was very quiet in the diner for a while. So quiet that you could hear the customers sipping their soup. That's when he decided to try his soup again, and this time he says it tasted pretty good. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts but they all come from the same spirit. The spirit has given each of us a special way to serve others. When everyone serves through the gifts we've been given, there is no organization on earth like the local church. Nothing even comes close. <laughs>